Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rayalos 90 podcast. I'm your host, Eddie, and joining me is a special guest because Monterrey, as many already know, is going to be participating with Liga Metis teams against MLS teams this summer in the League's Cup uh, that uh, has had multiple incarnations, or at least, you know, multiple editions, I should say. Uh, and joining me is someone who is really, you know, in depth with uh, Seattle Sounders football since Monterrey is going to be playing Seattle uh, and Real Salt Lake. I have Nico Moreno. Nico, uh, I believe if I read your, um, I guess, Twitter bio correctly, uh, you do some work for Seattle uh, Sounders at heart, which is, I believe, used to, I don't know if it used to be. I know SB Nation did a lot of layoffs and all that stuff, so correct me uh, on that, but they used to be or are part of SB Nation still. Um, uh, and I know you do some work for MLS, uh, but anything else you want to add there, but, you know, Thank you know, I messaged you yesterday and you were like, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, we're recording on a Friday. Um, you know, you're like, let's get let's get the recording. You know, let's let's get on this. But, you know, really help. Really, you know, thankful for for wanting you to come on. But anything you want to just uh, add to introduce yourself and then we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you for the invite, Eddie. Uh, yes, today was a, a perfect day to do it. Next week is going to be very convoluted. Um Coming back with, you know, the team's going to be out for a couple of of days, actually. Uh, so I'm probably going to be doing some additional content that I don't typically get to do because I'm obviously always at training. Uh, but, yeah, excited. Um, yes, I do uh, still do work for Sounder Hard. Not sure about the SB Nation component uh, anymore. Uh, they might have just broken up on their own thing, but I still collaborate with them, of course. Uh, MLS in Spanish. I have Pulso Sports uh, based out of Seattle here, of course. And then Soccer Bar, as you see, yeah. the back background uh that's our new project with uh diego cora and uh john rojas uh so go ahead and follow us there uh, full on spanish though the soccer bar is uh the only i think weekly show that focus completely on mls so we do it on mondays and thursdays so go ahead and check that out it's uh 1 p.m pacific on thursdays and then 2 p.m pacific on mondays all right uh, so let's get into the Sounders. Um, they are the only MLS team that will ever win the CONCACAF Champions League because obviously CONCACAF re, um, you know, revamped or you know, redesigned the, the international tournament. Now it's the CONCACAF Champions Cup or something like that. Uh, Seattle, it, it, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm a casual MLS fan. I live in Los Angeles, so like I, I get exposed to it, um, have friends who are go to Galaxy games or LAFC games, so I'm kind of... Uh, exposed to it a little bit. Um, I know Seattle is one of the more consistent teams. Like you know, they they may not be title contenders, but they're always in the mix to 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 you know win MLS Cup. Um, this year, though, give us a, a a quick you know quick recap of how their 2023 season has started. I know MLS is already a few weeks into their you know more than a few weeks. They're already more than halfway into their season. But how would you describe the team that Monterrey will be facing in the Leafs Cup? And just your overall thoughts on this tournament, because obviously uh, what it was in the past isn't what it is going to be now. This is actually a CONCACAF-approved tournament. So there's uh, teams that, you know, if, if I think it's the top three, you know, the, you know, first, second, and third place go straight to the, to the CONCACAF Champions Cup now. So there's like, you know, international stakes, um, you know, involved. So it's not just for a trophy. I, I believe, you know, I, at least I take, you know, the, the international aspect of it in terms of like going to the 
you know, CONCACAF Champions Cup as like the main prize. I don't know if you see it like that, but I just want to get your overall thoughts on just, you know, how Seattle, how, how Seattle has looked to start the season and what you expect from them and just overall your thoughts on the, on the Leafs Cup. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with the Seattle Sanders, of course. And uh, let me go ahead and set it straight. They are contenders. They're contenders absolutely every single year. They've been doing that since 2016 when they won their first title. Uh, they've, won MLS Cup twice. They're, like you said, the only MLS team to win and ever will win the CCL. So, uh, obviously, this is a team that is always in finals. You know, they've lost uh, a couple, and uh, they're consistently going to finals because of the philosophy of a very well-structured franchise, a talented group that has held together for quite some time, all led from the very beginning of the very first uh, title uh, of Nicolas Ladero, someone who probably will be doing his last year, uh, his last run with the Seattle Sounders uh, this year, possibly. Uh, so this year has been a little bit of up and down for this team. There's been a lot of injuries. Uh, actually, in 2023, they've yet to have their best starting eleven fully right so from the goalkeeper all the way up top to Raul Ridias they've never had in 2023 the entire best strongest 11 so they've been able to manage uh with a couple of new players that have um, done well or started well uh, speaking mainly of a bear uh he's a forward that is a veteran MLS uh forward someone that the team brought in from New York City FC and he paid dividends early in the season uh, when the team, even with that raw radius, was winning a lot of games. They started off the first game of the season with a 4-0 win over Colorado. Uh, their pressing was extremely effective, but little by little, other pieces started to fall and some that are hard or almost impossible to replace. And I mean one specifically, and that is of Christian Roldan. He is the Sounders' right uh, wing and uh, he does too many things. He's just a great two-way player. It's not just about his IQ, the way he runs into the box, uh, passing abilities, uh, but it's also the defensive component, right? Seattle does a lot of active defending when they press. As a matter of fact, throughout the first six or seven games of the season, they had one of the highest, most effective presses in MLS. They didn't really translate those into goals necessarily, but they got the ball quite often in the opponent's um, first line as they were coming out or trying to build out. So this is a team that um, still at this moment in time is at the top of the West. Yes, there are some teams that have yet to play quite a few games. LAFC is one that has three games that they still need to play, if I'm not mistaken, because they were being part of the CONCACAF Champions League, of course. Uh, there's also St. Louis and other teams that haven't played as many games as Seattle. That said, it is remarkable that despite adversity in injuries and a constant rotation to the point where Seattle's had to play several kids that did not even have an MLS contract, they bring him up from the Tacoma Defiance, which is the second division or the 
the lower division team of the USL squad, um, the affiliate, and they were able to bring up some players to help out because of injuries, because of things that have happened. So all in all, uh, I think that this team is very capable still of winning MLS. Actually going into this week, uh, they're going to be getting a lot of players back. Uh, so because of that, I think they're a very capable team that is taking and always takes international tournaments very seriously, right? That CCL run that you saw, the team actually did so much to get the roster ready to win that title to the point that it's kind of hurt the squad at the moment because I don't know if you're um, familiar, and I'm not going to bore you with it, but in MLS, there's a salary cap space, and you need to follow certain rules and regulations to get certain players. And Seattle just kind of pushed it to the limit in order to win that tournament, but they did so in a great way, right? Uh, I was actually at uh, Stadio Olimpico in the F in the away game, and I saw the way Seattle came back, got back into that game, where they started losing that 2-0 two, two uh, down in the second half. They were able to rally, tie 2-2. Then they came here to Seattle, took care of business, and then they were the champs. So uh, this is a team led by Brian Smetzer, a long-term head coach that actually got the job as an interim head coach when Sigan Mid left, uh, and he's been amazing ever since, right? He's the one that brought the first MLS title to the city. He's the one that got CCL. Um, and that's kind of what the Seattle Sounders stand at today and in the recent past, I guess. And just your thoughts on the League's Cup. Um, overall, you don't, have, you don't have to go Seattle specific, but um, like I said, uh, there's it's, it's now stamped by, I mean, still, it's still, I mean, I see it as a money grab, but at least, you know, yeah. both Liga Mekis and and you know MLS kind of got the approval of Conga Cap to say, hey, this is a valid tournament. We can, you know, the the the, the first, you know, you know, first, second, and third place can come into the the Conga Cap Champions Cup, which is I think the entire more than the trophy, I feel like that's the enticing part. At least, you know, you'll be able to play international competition next year. Uh, but just overall, what what are your thoughts on on just Lee's Cup as we're, you know, pretty much almost a month away from you know, both leagues stopping their, their season um, and then just uh, playing this tournament, which I think is going to have most of the spotlight because it's in the summer. I don't think any, you know, European competition, you know, European leagues are still not playing. I think only Argentina, Argentina and Brazil are the only leagues kind of playing at the top, you know, quality leagues playing. But, you know, it's going to be on Apple TV, which is going to be able to anybody in the world can see this tournament. So it's really going to have a lot of eyes on it. So I just want to grab your thoughts overall on, on the tournament and what you expect. Well, yes, obviously there's the money aspect might reign supreme above everything for the Federation and for MLS and for Liga MX that, I mean, let's be serious. These two found out and realized that that's where the money's at is trying to do stuff in the United States in between those two leagues. And all they have to do is just collect. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, I find it interesting uh, as a journalist, uh, as well as a soccer fan, I enjoy the extra competition and I enjoy putting these two leagues that are often resembled and are often compared and are often kind of in some way uh, coexist so often to go against each other, right? It's a World Cup style type, right? So I, I like that component as well. Uh, you get a tournament that maybe 
well, without a doubt, has the two best leagues in the region, right? The two top leagues in CONCACAF. So I find that interesting. I, I really do think that uh, over the years, uh, we've seen not just great matchups in CONCACAF Champions League, but friendlies. And it, it feels like no friendlies are friendly when it comes to both Mexico and the United States as national teams or the two leagues in general, the two domestic leagues. So I, I think it's great. Um, I was... Uh, there for last year's kind of, I don't know, sampler, you might call it, not last year, but a couple of years, um, in the final between Leon and Sounders in Las Vegas uh, at um, Raider Stadium, right? Um, climate, I think is what it is. No, Alliance, Alliance uh, yeah. Field. Uh, and I was there for that final, and I thought it was fantastic, man. I mean, walking in, you saw all the Leon fans, and you saw the vibe, and you kind of got – that soccer field, right? I'm, I'm Colombiano, I'm from South America, and there's a certain level, a certain passion that you see and you feel whenever you walk into a stadium, whenever you walk in a street, whenever there, you know, is something going on related to soccer. And, and I'm starting to feel that all around when it comes to MLS. So I think that this injects a little bit more of that passion to the soccer community in general because you're having some of that interaction between uh, two, you know, very different cultures, right, on how they approach the game. So I just enjoy it. So I enjoy it from a soccer aspect. I enjoy it from an entertainment aspect. And I enjoy it as someone who wants to continue to see soccer growing in this country. And so let, let's get into the to the team. Uh, I've, I've, I'm not, I'll be honest, I haven't seen a Seattle Saunders game. Uh, the only time I've seen MLS has been in the CCL. So if somebody like me and, and other Monterey fans haven't watched uh, Sounders foot uh, Sounders football, who, what's one or two players at the top of your head that you'd be like, okay, if you're gonna have if if you're if Monterey's going to win this this you know this round robin game, um, that's the one player they got to look out for, or that's the one player. I mean, I know uh, Rudy Diaz because he played in that Liga Mekis, um, but what's another play? What's one, another player or two that you think that okay? You know, especially if Seattle goes all in on this tournament, um, you know, you just you you're you're you know you want to say, hey, you know, you got to stop this per player or you got to look out for that player. What's uh, one or two players at the, at the top of your head? Two, man. So you mentioned Raul. Yes, he is that assassin in the a final third. He is what gives Seattle a different type of feel. Those teeth when it comes to scoring right opportunities. He's to me one of the best and most. Uh, diverse and difficult to defend uh, strikers in MLS. He has so many tools to his game, right? Mid-range. He's very good following the ball into the box. He could beat you out of a dribble. Uh, he's had a lot of injuries, and that's kind of been his knock over the last couple of seasons. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. But if healthy, he is really a, a force to be reckoned with, right? But let's start in the back. Stephen Fry, at this moment in time, has eight uh, clean sheets in MLS. He's one of the most veteran, uh, most uh, respected goalkeepers around the league. He's given, with his gloves, capital titles uh, to this organization, including that first game, in the first title in Toronto, where you might not have seen it, but if you Google it, there is a beautiful save from... Stephen Fry that keeps that 0-0 and eventually that game goes into overtime, but he is just one of the main components in this team. You move up one line and you get to what to me is today 
the best defender in MLS, in Yamar Gomez Andrade. Uh, he is a Colombian national who's been with the national team, who kind of was um, produced and, and grew in Argentina. Uh, it, he was in Rosario Central. He came out of here um, in, a, in a transfer um, from um, Santa Fe. So he is a, a, a player that, for me, uh, is a key component here because he wins aerial duels. He is second in interceptions in the league. He actually has been either top three in that stat of interceptions in MLS since his arrival here. Uh, so he's a force to be reckoned with as well. He's so physical, so strong, so big, extremely fast. So it's hard to beat him uh, to his back turn to goal. Uh, so for me, that's another guy that's big. You move up one line and you got Joe Paulo, right? Joe Paulo is the defensive midfielder for this team. He gives him the equilibrium. He's the compass of this team. Uh, everything in the build-out goes through him. So his ability to distribute, his ability to keep the structure composed defensively all go to Joe Paulo, someone who is a legend to many in Botafogo, uh, someone who was a candidate for MVP just a season ago before, before he had a, a really serious injury um in his knee um so he is another guy that is absolutely important and then we move up one line so i'm giving you that columna vertebral i'm giving you that kind of core that goes right down the middle and you got nicolas adero nicolas adero yes he said uh could be his final year with the sounders he's obviously not uh in his prime anymore but he still plays as if he had three or four more years left to really give you some really good soccer, right? Um, he is a player that gets the freedom to move and glide all throughout that three-man uh, creative midfielders that are right behind the nine. Uh, He's someone that covers incredible amount of space. This year, he hasn't shown that goal-scoring ability, but you cannot take it away because he's shown ever since 2016, that he's a guy that can put the ball in the back of the net when the team needs it. He was crucial in the final here at home against um, Pumas. He was crucial in that game at Pumas, at Estadio Olimpico, not just because he, he got the goal and the PK, but he gives you that leadership. He's the guy that's going to be in your face, letting you know that you got to respect that shield that he is playing for, right? He Those colors, he bleeds them. Uh, so he's a guy that, for me, amplifies everything the team does on the offensive end because of his movement, because of his uh, ability to put balls through to Raul Ridias. Uh, if Seattle needs something to go right for them, I think it's transition play. And you need that connector, that guy that's going to link up play. And that's who... Nicolás Odero is for this squad. El Capitán Esmeralda. So he has to be as one of those key components for the Seattle Sounders. And then what's one weakness that you would say this team has trouble with? Obviously, the summer transfer window is going to open up, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks. I, I'm i not sure when in the MLS and only operate a little bit differently. Um, but what are some one weaknesses, you know, if, if, it's, if Seattle does not make any additions before, you know, the ball gets rolling in League's Cup? What's one weakness that you would say would um, 
you know, maybe Monterrey can exploit or maybe RSL can exploit in this tournament? What What's one weakness that you would say that you've watched, you know, aside from health, you know, injuries and all that stuff? Yeah. Um, what, what would be one weakness that you would notice um, that you have noticed in, in Seattle this uh, this season? Uh, definitely set pieces. The team has struggled to be effective on the offensive end and the defensive end when it comes to set pieces. Um, although the team plays well through high pressure, they at times, and they don't get punished enough for this, but they do give away the ball in very vulnerable sectors of the field. So if you can get this team to give up the ball, you're good in transition, you can put them in a, a really difficult position. Um, I would say that uh, although they've been pretty um, steady and consistent in MLS defensively, I think that they can be put into pressure and they can be put into difficult positions when that happens. Uh, there's a mental aspect to this team too this season that uh, once they go down a score, they really have a hard time coming back, right? Um, I, I kind of talked about the CCL and how they came back in that final, but this year particularly, they've really had a hard time whenever they go down a score. They get too little, too desperate. They start getting guys a little too high up top, um, and they just stop connecting. They, they lose a little bit of patience in the final third, and they just become a bit unglued. So I would put that as one of the – the weaknesses that this team has shown this particular season, especially. Um, and when it comes to the transfer window, they just need depth in certain positions, right? This team has a philosophy to bring up and um, develop youth players, right? So they just signed a uh, 19-year-old now, Cody Baker, to the team. Uh, and they have other really young players like Ethan Nobler and uh, Dylan Tevis. And although I'm not going to say that they're bad players, but they just don't have that type of experience. So I think that this team needs to add another winger to complement Christian Roldan whenever he comes off. Um, Christian Roldan is also a player that could play central in between uh, what – the Seattle Sanders play a 4-2-3-1. So one of those two center defensive midfielders, you could play that role. So I think having a, 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 a pace changer on that side will be important. And then also depth uh, behind Nuhu. Nuhu is the defensive specialist. He's a Cameroon national that, you know, actually has gotten a lot of um, eyes on him because of his World Cup performances uh, with uh, Cameroon. But after him, you got 19-year-old Cody Baker. There's nothing else. So I think bringing, that in, bringing in an experienced left back would be important for this team looking into what Leafs Cup might present you with here in the summer. So last, I have two more questions before we wrap up. Um, you obviously, as a reporter, you've seen uh, MLS teams um, struggle against Liga Met East side, and then you have only, you've seen the only team, you know, to conquer, you know, uh, Liga Mekki sides, which is Seattle. Uh, how would you, in your opinion, what can MLS do to at least, you know, level it a little bit where it's not as lopsided? Because everybody thought, okay, maybe LAFC can continue this run um, that Seattle started last year. 
and obviously they they did not they they kind of you know shit the bed but um you know you you've seen the only team that can do this that can you know be like we're gonna beat a Liga Mekis team in a final or we're gonna you know, we're gonna make a run there what do you think MLS has to do or you know MLS clubs in general have to do when they play Liga Mekis whether it's the Leafs Cup whether it's the 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 Concacaf you know whether it's in Concacaf you know international tournament. What do you think, you know, and you said you're, you're Colombian. I'm not sure if you're a fan of a Colombian team, but you see, you know, you, you've seen leagues where there's no really restrictions. As you said, there's a salary cap. There's all this and that. You you really put a, a, a stranglehold on some teams that can probably be a little bit more. They can spend a little bit more money because, like, I'm a, I'm a you know, Monterrey is owned by FEMSA. FEMSA is a really, really rich, you know, it's a large corporation. They spend a lot of money. So like sometimes when I, when I hear MLS fans say, Hey, you know, we're, we're, we can only spend, you know, three franchise players. And I'm looking at Monterrey's time. Like I would not understand how, how this can happen because if Monterrey were to say, Hey, we, we can only spend money on like unlimited money on three players. You can pay them however, however, however you know, how much you want. But you know what? What are some things that you've seen that you, that you believe that if MLS wants to compete with Leon McKees consistently and not just have Seattle be a one-off, um, what what do you think has to happen? That's a that's a convoluted question, and it, there's a lot of things that I could say about this, and I'll try to be concise. So, as someone who believes that MLS is uh, above Liga MX in terms of infrastructure, in terms of um, competition throughout every single team, youth development, and all that based on a salary cap space that forces teams to find ways to play and have to play youth players. And that's why there's such a great pipeline of developing new players, not just getting consistent minutes with their clubs, but eventually Moving on to other leagues, um, MLS, without a doubt, is a greater exporter of players than Liga MX, and it's not even close. Um, so with all that said, um, I find it a little too simplistic and basic to say that in a head-to-head between two teams where anything can happen, uh, you could evaluate and decide that one league is better than the other because the perfect example of my theory is Champions League. Just because Real Madrid and Barcelona were dominating the tournament for years did not mean that La Liga was better than the the Premier League, right? And I, I think that just about anybody that knows soccer can say that. So because of that, I just don't think that a head-to-head between two teams or in a tournament decides what league is better. But to your point, yes, I think that there could be, and I think there will be, a lot of new rules that are going to allow teams to have a bigger salary cap. They're going to be able to maybe have another designated player. So giving you the ability to go and get a guy for 30, 40 million, whatever you want to do. Because what's happening with Messi today, Messi going to enter Miami, is kind of what happened with David Beckham when he came into the LA Galaxy. And that created so many things for this league on a global scale that the league had to do more to give those teams 
more of a cap. There was the Tam and Gam, which I'm not going to bore you with <laughs> all of these things and 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 components that come go go to the salary cap space. But in a general sense, with the Beckham move, the league decided, hey, we need to do more to just bring in more players, and it happened. Now with Messi, him going to Inter Miami is going to create a certain level of pressure. And I think that you will see the salary cap space expand. But I want to be clear. I do not want it gone. I do not want it gone. I think that Seattle, I mean, I think that MLS, the parity in the league makes it different than any other league. And I love it that every single team has a chance to create and architecturally make their team a contender. And that does not need to go away as well as what I just mentioned to you that because there's a cap space, you can't just go and get a whole bunch of extranjeros from other leagues. You have to play the domestic talent. You got to play like you here in Seattle, the Christian Roldan, the Alex Roldans. These are guys that came from universities, universities. And today in, and in today's Seattle Sounders, they're key components. If this was another league, those guys wouldn't get a chance. Alex Roldan was a guy that nobody thought was going to be a great player. He was not in a high-level university. He played at Seattle U. And today and last year, he went to an MLS All-Star game. So that's the beauty of having a cap space that makes you need to get these guys on the field and see what they really have to offer. Uh, so uh, I just have one last question, um, and then you can probably – ask me anything that you want to ask me um, and then we'll just wrap it up there. But like uh, anybody traveling to Seattle, uh, I'm thinking of making the trip up there. Um, you know, I live in Los Angeles. So it's not a, a large, you know, long flight, you know, just maybe like an hour, two hours at the most. Um, any place that you would recommend people to go to, to eat, whatever, you know, I don't know how long you've been living there, but anything you would recommend people to, to check out, whether it's um, restaurant uh, or anything like that, what, what would be your recommendation? Uh, man, there's a lot of beautiful spots here. And it, the thing about Seattle is that you can kind of get whatever you want, right? If you're into nature, if you're into like entertainment, you know, there's a lot of spots. But I'm going to go with the easy one, a, a layup. Uh, maybe not, but I'll, I'll give you the layup. It's, it's just it, the, the waterfront in general. Uh, they're actually doing a lot of new renovations to it. Uh, there's a great, beautiful Ferris wheel there. There's a lot of things to do there uh, in terms of what to eat. If I'm here in Seattle, the crop pot right there, uh, it's a great experience, right? We're known for seafood. It's freshly put. Uh, they kind of just dump a bucket of stuff right in front of you. Uh, if you're into, obviously, seafood, that's a delicious place. The Peroshkis on Pike Place, another thing that you have to try when you're here in the city of Seattle. Pike Place in general, right? The little market, uh, that's somewhere where you really need to go. Um if you got to go a little bit farther away from the city, because I wouldn't really tell you anything too far out. Cause if you're coming here and you're staying downtown, yeah. that's kind of some of the spots that you want to stay at. Um, uh, but you know, if you really like some really good, good steaks, uh, prime ascend in Bellevue is absolutely unbelievable. Best steak uh, here in the city. Uh, it's a great experience. It's a pretty penny, but it, but it's, it's really nice. Um, I'd say take a ferry ride. Uh, it doesn't matter where. It could be down to San Juan Islands. It could be down anywhere. Uh, and get, just get that experience of you going one way away from the city and then back on the ferry. That's another good experience here in Seattle.
Yeah, because it's a weekend game. That's why I'm considering that one. That one, I think um, the, the the RSL is during the week, but the Seattle one, you know, I mean, if you want to make it a three day weekend, you can, you know, go there. That's why I wanted to ask you on that. But anything you want to maybe ask about Monterrey that you wanted to just uh, figure out what what anything else that maybe you want to know about the the team? I'm not sure how familiar you are with them, but uh, anything you know to close it out uh, on your end. Yeah, I mean, what's the expectation there? I mean, what's the expectation? With, I mean, not there because I know you're in LA, but it it feels or it seems to me that MLS, MX, Liga MX fans still believe that they might just be able to run away with this thing. I mean, that maybe uh, neither RSL or Sounders are going to put up a fight. Is is that kind of the thought process? No, I I mean I I I I think Seattle gained a lot of respect from that CCL, at least, you know, um, I, I think, I, it, I think it depends for me. Seattle has always been one of the teams that have always been consistent. Um, so I kind of respect them. RSL. I'm not too familiar with, um, I know we be, <laughs> this is going way back, but I know with, uh, we beat them in the, in the CCL, uh, in the early 2010s. Um, but my expectation is, I think Seattle will be the tougher matchup. Um, I'm not sure. I know Seattle, um, Salt Lake recently got a, uh, what's his name? Colombian International. He's, yep. he, yes. They, they, they recently got him. Uh, so, you know, you'll have a, a, they'll have a striker that's familiar with playing against the guy, the sides. Um, but if I were, if you were to ask me, you know, w w which two teams are going to come out of this group, I would put my money on Monterrey and, and Seattle. Uh, it, for Monterrey, they're going to have a new manager. Uh, Tan Ortiz took over after um, they sacked uh, Victor Manuel Busutich. So, uh, and they're going to play more offensively. Like that's been like the the the, the rally crawl or the rally cry. It's just be more offensive. Don't don't if you have. And I think a lot of teams learn in this Liga that if you get too defensive, and especially in a knockout tournament here, that where it's just one game now, um, you're you're going to go home and you're going to be like, why do we why do we you know, park the bus or why do we get too conservative? Um, so I think, and, and he learned that lesson too, although, you know, he was a man down um, in that semifinal, but Monterrey fans have been saying like, we don't want to be defensive. Like even if we're up two one, three one, whatever, go for the kill. Don't, don't get conservative. Um, so I think that, I think this tournament is going to be a uh, phase one of implementing that killer mentality that they've been talking about when they hired him. So I think, you know, that's going to be, all right, I, you know, if, if they're actually going to go through with it, you know, obviously you can talk about it, but it's implementing, you know, it's implementing it over 90 minutes. I think that this, you know, the first two, you know, the games against RSL and Seattle are going to be the first two where it's like, okay, let's see if you're actually saying this. Um, in terms of squad, I, you know, the Liga Mekis season is going to start and then it's going to stop for this. I feel like if I'm Monterrey, if you, if they're thinking, they're saying they're going to bring three new players during this summer window, I would use this tournament to like get more reps in. Uh, maybe they'll do a rotational squad, but from what I've heard, they're going to take this tournament seriously. Um, even though they already have their, you know, uh, to, you know, they have their, you know, they're going to be playing in the C or the champions cup next, next year. So, um, but I would, I would call, you know, I, I think they'll take it seriously, but not to the extent where they'll probably put some players at risk just because they already have, you know, that ticket book for next year. If they didn't have it, I would have been like, you gotta, you gotta win this competition because that's the only way you're going to go into the, uh, into the champions cup for next year. But right. yeah, I think that that would be how, um, 
I don't want to speak for all Monterrey fans, but at least for me in general, I think that's how they might they might approach it. Um, so I think they'll take this seriously. Um, I don't know how other league I make these teams are going to do it, but I, I for me, I would like to take I would like for them to take it seriously in the sense that it's just more reps for new players to get in, um, especially if you're going to make significant changes as they're talking about. But I'll see when they when they do something. But yeah, that's I think that's how they're going to approach uh, this tournament. Yeah, look, look, man, I have the utmost respect for Monterrey. Monterrey and Pachuca have always been the teams that I've liked to watch over the years because they typically have a lot of Colombians. Uh, you know, Stefan <laughs> Medina is one of my guys that, you know, I'm Atletico Nacional fan since birth, and um, I love him. You know, the good, the bad uh, with him. Uh, in terms of national team, yeah. I really back. Yeah. Uh, for, for the, for the two, from the 2010s, there was a, like a you had Dorlan Pavo and then you had Ed, uh, Edwin so, the, so there was like a three, you know, and they were, they were talking about getting Juan Carlos Osorio in those mid 2000s. That's yep. why they brought all these Atletico Nacional players. Uh, but yeah, Monterrey typically has gone after a lot of Colombian players, um, you know, so there's a there's a strong connection between Monterrey and Colombia. Yeah. And, and but last question for you. Is Funes Mori gone or is he staying? Because I keep hearing all yeah. this stuff about him going to Pumas. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Again, I don't know how in-depth are you with, like, Colombian, like, like how, like, transfer window can go crazy. And it's, like, so different from, like, European and, like, U.S. Because everybody's like, okay, we'll just wait for – there's reputable sources. Like, we'll wait for Ornstein or Romano or in the U.S., you know. Right. You'll have some guys. Let's wait for some guys from the Athletic to confirm this. And then, and like, in Latin America, at least for my first, I don't know if it's the same in Colombia, where it's, like, you'll see, like, non-verified accounts share information. Like, oh, yeah. like you know, it's, like, it's just, like, running all over the place. And it's, like, it's, like, it's literally the Wild West. Like, it's literally, yeah. like, a free-for-all. Like, you don't know what's going on. From what I've, from what he has said, he does not want to leave the team. He said if the club were to ask him to leave, then he'd consider it. Right now... The team has not made any additions. So, like, from my perspective, I I, I like Funes Mori. Can they upgrade over him? Yeah. I, I would not get rid of him just to get rid of him. There's some there's a, a section of the fan base that says, hey, man, you've been here for seven years. I think it's time for a change. Um, you know, he's still 32. He's still, you know, he's at the end of his prime. Um, but I'm not going to – I would advise, you know, Monterrey. This is, um, uh, for those who don't know – um, especially if you know if you're if Seattle Saunders or our self man, Monterrey has a new directiva. Um, as you know, in English, it would be like new new president, new general manager, and stuff yeah. like that. So this is a you know, and to me, the summer transfer window is the first. You know, it's really when you can make big changes, just because it's it's a you know, I think I believe the winter transfer window is like if you want to make minor tweaks, you really can yeah. make. I mean, yeah. you can make big changes in the winter transfer window, but it, the summer is really when you start. You you can dig deep in. And change and you know make over Most your squad are up mm-hmm. at that mm-hmm. time. Yep. And so I believe if if they can't find a better player than him, I think he's gonna stay. I mean, Monterrey has three strikers. I mean, we had a directiva that decided to invest in strikers. You had a uh, Herman Merterame and, and Rodrigo Aguirre. Although Aguirre, if they're gonna sacrifice you know, in Mexico, you can only have nine uh, foreign players, seven um, right. you know for a game. Um, or seven on the field, I think it was something like that, but it's yeah, nice, it's, it, yeah. It's reducing, so you know, Monterey's and, and what I have, you know, said, you know, Monterey, if you're gonna get Colum, you know, if you're gonna get Colombian players, 
you got to get Colombian players who are capable of playing for their national team. If you're, you know, obviously you're not going to grab Brazil and Argentinians, but you got to get, you know, if, if you're grabbing an Argentinian or Brazilian, grab them, grab players that are more than capable of playing for like the big clubs in those countries, whether it's a river, river plate, Flamengo, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, that's the mentality I've had. And Monterrey has money to, to burn. You know, they're one of the richest clubs in, in Mexico um, just because of who their owners are. Um, yep. But I, I find, you know, Funes Mori is linked to Pumas. He, you know, there's a the a Antonio Turco Mohamed, their manager, so to makes a connection. He there's actually been rumors that he can go to MLS, um, just because you know it's I, if he were to leave, he wants he wants reports are he wants to keep the same salary, so it kind of limits how many teams in Mexico can give it to him. Right. Uh, so if if he's gonna leave, I would I if it, this is just my educated guess, it's gonna be MLS or it's gonna go to he's gonna go to Brazil, one of the two. That's the only two options. Maybe a rich club in Mexico takes them. Uh, but, you know, we'll see there. But, like, to me, at the end of the day, he's a really good player. Um, he has his limits, obviously, or else he would be playing in Europe. <laughs> um, yep. So I always believe, you know, players playing in Latin America or in MLS have their limits. They're not going to be full-rounded players or else they would be playing in Europe. So, but to me, if if Monterrey can upgrade over him, that's fine. That's great. I'll, you know, seven years is, is it's long, you know, especially like I said, you know, you know this for a Latin American team to have a player for seven years, that's that's a really long time. Um, with them on a turnover. Um, but yeah, to me, if, if he stays, he has one more year on his contract, he can leave as a free agent after this year. So if Monterrey really wants to be like, okay, we we want to get something for him, we don't want to just let him walk away because and then in, in the winter transfer window, he can sign a pre-contract. Um so I think if he's going to move, it's going to be this, this window, um, you know, so it's just up in the air with this rumor. Um, you know, like I said, if, if Monterey gets an upgrade, I think he'll go. Um, but if Monterey stands pat on the striker position, then you'll see him face off against uh, Seattle, uh, you know, in Seattle and, and RSL. It'll be fun. It'll be fun, man. Uh, let me know if you're here, man. We'll, we'll go out. On, I will definitely shoot you a message a if spots. I'm there. I really, I really, you know, my my cousin was born in Seattle. She was raised there, so she she'll send me some spots. And but I'm always up for anything else. Anybody want to show me anything? I'm I'm definitely considering. Because like I said, it's not a it's not an expensive flight. I'm not flying cross country, so it's like right yeah. you know, right up on no, the no, no. Pacific time. Man, yeah. I really appreciate the time. I know I told you on Twitter. I really appreciate you just taking the time, helping us uh, understand a little bit more about Seattle. But um, yeah, I really appreciate it, man. Any, anything you want to plug in anything i forgot anything you want to plug in where can people find your writing where can people find your shows all that i know you did a little bit at the beginning but anything else you want to close out maybe um like i said uh, mls and ligamek is right now the, the 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 i don't think the train of them playing together obviously ccl but like i don't think it's going to be stopping anytime soon so if people want to check out your writing see anything you know maybe they they they, they end up liking seattle sounders who knows um but any you know, where can people find your writing? Where can people find anything you produce when it comes to Seattle? Yeah, uh, 100%. Man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Like I said, uh, Soccer Bar is kind of the main one right here. All Spanish. Like I said, full of, fully on MLS. Uh, you'll find my English writing and sound at heart. Um, Pulso Sports, of course. Uh, we do a lot of uh, video blogs and we do all the interviews. We're always consistently going to the Seattle Sounders game. So if you're looking for some Seattle Sounder context, Pulso Sports is a display where you go. All interviews, exclusives. We're actually going to be, like I said, this coming up week, we're going to be adding some original content. So go ahead and check it out. Always a good time. Uh, and obviously follow me at uh, arroba, E-L-L-Rolo, R-O. L O N W on Twitter. Uh, I try to be kind of like the lower 
fish or you got you got the um transfer market sharks you know the tom bogerts and all that i'm kind of down here but you know i'll get uh so, some fun stuff here going on in in the transfer window i'm typically first to anything going on in seattle uh i've gotten a couple of good ones in atlanta so you know check me out on twitter uh, i try to do my best to get you uh some insight and some early rumors going uh, here in this right before the summer window so i appreciate the info man hit me up whenever it was a good time All right, Josh, um, really appreciate you coming on. Um, uh, I know uh, MLS is right in the middle of their season, but everything's going to stop in a couple of weeks when you have uh, uh, this League's Cup uh, that pins uh, MLS and Mexican clubs. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on facing a Mexican club. I'm not sure when's the last time RSL played, um, you know, an actual CONCACAF-sanctioned uh you know uh competition against the mexican side um but i just wanted to grab your reaction really quickly on uh the the league's cup format uh obviously it used to be like uh what is was it 16 teams before mm -hmm. yep. and then you know they obviously blew it up and now everybody is in it it's a world for lack of a better you know lack of a better phrase or words it's a world cup style format Uh, so I just wanted to get your thoughts overall on the tournament uh, that's going to be, you know, it's going to take, uh, it's pretty much going to take center stage for football because European football hasn't started. Um, I think you probably just have the Brazilian league and the Argentinians, you know, some Latin American leagues only going on. So it's really going to be at the center stage. So I just wanted to grab your thoughts on just the, the you know, that whole entire tournament as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I'm honestly very excited about it. I think it's a great opportunity for both Liga Emekis and MLS to showcase, you know, the talent and the growth, mostly the growth for MLS. Um, it, it is a little annoying that we have to kind of stop MLS play, um, but I get it because the con the schedule congestion is just too much. Uh, so, but, you know, if we get eliminated early, then, then it's a boring couple months for me, but a couple weeks, I should say. But yeah, I think overall I'm excited. Um, you know, we, we actually played a, I can't remember who we played, but in the first round of League's Cup, uh, we played a Mexican side, and that's actually when our last coach got fired. Uh, it was right after that game. So um, yeah, I'm actually quite, I'm quite thrilled about it. So tell me about RSL. I know um, they recently got uh, Colombian. I, I was kind of snooping your your content. Um, they got the Colombian striker. Um, he, his name, so I, I know how he looks like. His name just slips my mind from from Pachuca. Uh, he went return to MLS. So give me a you know a, a RSL 101 about the team. Uh, what what do you expect? You know, do you do you expect the team to take it seriously, or you know, will it be a mixed squad? I know that's been the issue, but. Um, we'll see how teams take it seriously, but give us a, a rundown 101 on, on what you expect from RSL and just what type of team are they? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so RSL is a team that in you know, the last couple of years have been very tumultuous for us. Um, some forced ownership changes. Uh, we're coming from an owner that refused to spend money. We only did free transfers and, you know, youth Academy signings, things like this. Um, we have a new ownership coming in. Um, they've they've already spent some money. Uh, they've broken our our transfer records twice just this year. 
Um, so we're we're a team on the on the rise, right? Uh, it's Chicho Arango. He he's coming in. Um, he's the first genuine nine goal scorer we've had since Alvaro Sabario, and he left in I want to say 2014. Um, so it's been a need that we've been clamoring for for years and years and years, um, and someone that's going to make us exponentially better. Um, we have a, a very good attacking front four. Uh, we have Diego Luna, the U20 uh, US product that was a pretty much a star in the U20 World Cup, just barely. Um, he just got his first goal last weekend. We have um, Jefferson Savarino, uh, Andres Gomez, and now Chicho Arango. So our front four are very dangerous. Um, defensively, uh, we're pretty stable. We have a lot of homegrowns in the defense um, and a homegrown goalkeeper as well, 18 years old, who I'm hoping to see play in this cup. Um, but where we're kind of shaky is in the midfield. Uh, but we you know, should be strengthening that this transfer window with Nelson Palacio out of Columbia as well. Um, so yeah, we're we're a team that has struggled, um, but should have done a lot worse than we did with what we had. Uh, but now we're kind of on the rise. Our form's picking up on the road anyway. We're we're really bad at home, which is good for you guys. I'm hoping that can be turned around. But we're we're really strong on the road. Uh, we've struggled to score goals, but that's kind of waking up. Um, but yeah, we're we're just a a mixed team of young and old. And we're really trying to figure out our identity. And I think we're kind of coming around to figuring that out. So. And just give me one player um, that you think if, if, you know, I'm a Monterey supporter, um, I'd be wary about just because either their form is picking up or they should be playing better than, than how they're playing right now. What's, what's one player that you believe can, especially, you know, against the, you know, I, I don't, you know, there's players that just, tend to, you know, pick up their form against, you know, uh, top competition. What's what's one player that you believe, you know, is is going to cause Monterey uh, some trouble there? You know, if he can continue his form, uh, it's Demir Krylock. It's our club captain. We brought him as, brought him in as an eight. Um, but then our shortage at a nine, he started playing the nine. Won the golden boot for RSL, which isn't saying a lot, but he scores big goals in big games. Um, and that's and that's what I'd be worried about. Uh, he's he's knocked multiple opponents out of the playoffs individually with moments of brilliance, um, just goals that you you don't expect coming right. Uh, from either you know a, a volley outside the eighteen or a back hill the goal line, like he, he'll just make some magic happen. Uh, he missed an entire year and a half from a back injury, and he came back this year and has been slowly picking up pace. But he's picked up four goals in the last five matches, I believe. So he's really heating up. So if he continues to heat up, that's the guy I'd be worried about. Uh, so before I get to, you know, get maybe your your thoughts on on Monterey, I just want to ask, what's your expectations for the team? Do you do you expect them to get to the next to the next round? Um, you obviously have Seattle uh, that who, you know, it's pretty much they're the only team that's defeated. A, well, in, in recent time, uh, you know, the only team that's defeated a Liga Mekis for a for a CONCACAF sanctioned trophy uh, being Pumas last year. Uh, but what's your what's your expectations for the for for RSL? Do you think they'll they'll be able to advance? Um, I do actually. I think you know there, there's going to be a little bit of revenge going around the stadium for 2013, right? Or not 2011? Excuse me. Uh, it's a game none of us will forget, right? So I think the fans want a little bit of revenge for that. And then uh, Seattle, we have Seattle's number for some reason. We're one of the teams that Seattle really struggles to beat. Um, so I, I can definitely see us 
you know, going full bore and getting out of the group. All right. So um, any I'll, I'll be gladly to answer any monetary questions that you want to have or that you have or or maybe that you just want to have answered before the match um, so you can relay it to, to your fans to um, on the content that you produce. Uh, but anything you want to know specifically about the club or, or the squad, anything, uh, you know, again, specifically. Yeah. So I'm not very familiar. Um, I'm not actually sure where to watch games. I actually really love the league. I just don't keep up with it as much as I'd like to. Uh, but similar to your question, who do we need to watch out for? Um, it depends right now. There had, there's been, you know, they, they've been linked to Lucas Mora with up top, you know, Spurs. Yeah. Tom, um, yeah. So right now everybody is on like transfer watch, whether they'll land him. They've been linked to to Lancini who played at West Ham. So everybody is bracing to see if they can secure one of, if not two of those players, but if they don't secure one of them, because what many are thinking, or at least, you know, assuming that they can sign them before, you know, the season starts in like uh, seven days next week. Uh, So what they're hoping is that, they can have their, you know, quote unquote, you know, big transfer signing done. And then the league's cup is where they'll, you know, get the ball rolling with them. But if it doesn't happen, if this is the squad that they're going to go with, then we have a new coach. So it's going to be, you know, it's kind of difficult to say which player is going to fit his or is going to is kind of hitting the ground running um, tactically. But if I had to pick one player, I think it would be uh, Herman Berterame. Uh, he was with uh, he was technically under uh, um, Atletico Madrid, uh, loaned out to uh, Atletico San Luis, which is like their, you know, their uh, what would you call it? like how Manchester City has all these different clubs in different areas. So it's like yeah, just like an umbrella. Pe- yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's that. And they purchased him last year. Um, had good numbers, but he was kind of playing out of position. And I think this year. It's I think everybody wants him to be the number nine um, because at Atletico San Luis, he he won the golden boot. Um, I think he won the golden boot or won a share of it, um, if I remember correctly. Uh, So I I think if if there's no Lucas Mora, there's no Lancini coming in, then it would be him that, you know, all eyes will be on him because I think he's going to be the number nine over uh, Rogelio Funes Mori right now. Uh, I think the whole part, or, or the whole issue right now is that they're trying to grab players to come into the club and then they'll worry about who has to go because there's a you can only have a, a certain amount of number of for, uh, foreign players mm-hmm. so right now they're trying to like hey let's get more i mean it's easy you know we're going they're going big game hunting so you know they're trying to grab these these you know top players who either might have you know offers to play in brazil or saudi arabia so they're trying to secure top talent and then they'll figure out who has to leave um so, but if, if, if there's, you know, if by the time League's Cup starts and there's no more other, no Lancini, then it, it will probably be Berterame just because, um, you know, he, he's in his, he's barely hitting his prime. Uh, and, you know, he played well, even when he was playing out on, on like out wide um, or just, just playing out of position. He was not your typical, you know, number nine striker. So if, okay. if the, so I, I would go him if there is no uh, Lancini or, or more coming in or like, you know, some, some type of quality player that has a European experience. Okay. And then are you at all concerned about, you know, you said your league starts in seven days. Are you concerned about facing teams that may be in mid season form? Uh, 
I mean, the season just, I mean, Monterrey went to the semifinals. So they're, they haven't played like in about a month. So, I mean, I think three weeks, I think three weeks will be fine. Um, if, if the only worry about the only worry I have is that again, they're going to have a new coach. And so it takes time to, as you know, find a rhythm. It's, it's, I, I, I'm not expecting them to hit out of the gate running. At least, you know, if they do, then that's a plus. But I, I've set my expectations that I know it's going to take a process. Um, and, and so I, I think if Monterey is going to succeed in this tournament, it's going to be on individual like talent. Like it's just going to be like, you know, as much as I've come to like respect MLS a lot, especially from the attacking perspective, uh, and even in the midfield, I, I, and that's and something that I, I think I should have asked you right now. And you can probably chime in the MLS defending. Um, I think they can take advantage of that, especially with like quality attacking players that Monterey has. And I just wanted to get your quick thoughts on that. How how vastly has, you know, MLS in general and then RSL in terms of like the league average improved or defending? Because I think that's been one of the knocks on the league. It's just been the, 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 the you know, they'll, they'll invest a lot in midfielders um, and, and attackers. And then the defense, they'll, they'll, they'll be patchwork, you know, grabbing. Like you said, RSL has a lot of youth academy that that you know needs experience or they'll grab you know some MLS teams will grab some veterans um I think I think if Monterey can just post on their tap you know on on the fact that they have a lot of quality attackers I think they can get through this tournament while trying to figure out you know the system of a new coach but I just want to grab your quick thoughts on that on MLS defending and how much it's improved or you know maybe RSL has improved than more than the you know you would say the league average for sure yeah i i definitely see where that was a weakness a few years ago and i'd agree that it's still still a weakness for some clubs uh but in like in rsl's case like our our homegrown players outside of the goalkeeper they've been with us for five six years right so they've been solid starters for years and years um and then we've kind of started going down to south america and started swooping up you know little known defenders there uh like we have brian vera now who's just he's been a stud. So I think the defending while hasn't kept up with the midfield and attack, they've definitely made an effort to improve, you know, in that area as well. And in, in RSL's case, I think our defense has always been better than our attack. Um, just a little more organized. So really the weakness for us defensively is the midfield uh, protecting that back four. And honestly, like the, the wingbacks, you can really take advantage of them at times as well. Um, so I'm not really worried about the center of the defense. It's it's more the cover for the defense, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, any last question? For, uh, I do have one last question for you. Um, uh, this whole Liga Mekis MLS, I mean, you've kind of seen it blossom over like the last few years outside of like your normal CONCACAF competition. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see that as a good thing? Um, I know, you know, now especially in the United States and Mexico, and I guess you can throw in Canada because they have some MLS franchises are kind of like gearing towards common ball. I mean, you're going to have this, um, what is it? A final four. I think it's next year or whatever. I have no idea when that's going to happen, but you know, they're starting to like shift towards common ball a little bit, but what have you made of like this whole Liga Mekis, um, MLS, you know, cause I think this is like the, the crowning jewel just because I, again, it's CONCACAF sanction and the winners get, you know, 
um, Calgary Half Champions Cup now, I think it's called uh, Spots. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to get your quick thoughts just on that uh, before we wrap up. Just that whole, um, I guess, you know, rivalry, if you want to call it that. But, um, you know, just uh, that whole, you know, the both leagues coming together. And there's even there is even like chatter where it's like at some point these two leagues would merge, um, you know. So I just wanted to grab your your, you know, just how, how you've reacted or your, you know, thoughts on just both leagues. Um you know, going up against each other re more recently outside of, you know, CONCACAF competitions? Sure. Um, I'll start with the the league, the the two leagues merging. That idea I don't love uh, just because that's a lot of teams for one league, right? Um, I, I like the rivalry between the two. I like that they're competing with each other. I think having rivalries and competition between leagues like that uh, does nothing but improve both leagues. Right, because both leagues are going to do whatever they can to make sure that they win. Uh, much like the the U.S. national team and the Mexican national team, right? Like they force each other to grow. Um, and I think with that kind of competition, and then and then doing these bigger competitions, it's just going to make both leagues stronger worldwide, right? I I think it's a great thing, and I'm, I wish it would have happened sooner. We've always had Champions League, but that was it was kind of exclusive, right? you really had to be the top tier or kind of sneak in, but I think letting everyone play and, and have their opportunity to be competitive, it's going to be cool. Well, Josh, I really appreciate it. I'm actually going to look forward to your content when it comes to covering this game, because I'm not um, actually like, I, I, I know month that I broke the hearts of RSL fans. Um, I think, yeah, almost over a decade ago. Yep. So I'm curious to see, you know, especially, you know, the, the fans that remember that game, you know, vividly just, um, you know, I guess, you know, for lack of a better, you know, reopen old wounds, you know, so I'm curious to like watch your content when it comes to that. If, um, just to see how people, you know, I, I'm always a big fan of just people going down memory lane, even if it's a, if it's a painful one for you right. guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be honest. I have never watched the highlights from that game. <laughs> Not once. Uh, you're gonna. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm definitely looking forward to your content when it comes <laughs> to covering that game. But it'll be. It'll be good. It was painful, uh, but it'll be good. Uh, all right, Josh. I really appreciate you coming on, just offering your quick thoughts on on that. Um, I'll go ahead and, and put this up in a in a couple of days. I'll definitely tag you. Um, got you and uh, another guy covering um Seattle. So I really, I really do appreciate you guys just taking a couple of minutes out of your day to to talk yeah. to me. No problem. It was my pleasure.